Great. Okay, does everyone have a Bible with them? I'd like you to turn to a scripture, please, that we've looked at before uh, in recent weeks and days. It's in Romans chapter 15 and 13. We're going to start here. I also want to say this morning, just before we say anything, that as we were worshipping, and particularly as we sang the song, For You Came Near from the Everlasting, may we never forget that God broke into time. That God Almighty, the creator and the one who sustains all things by his powerful word, tore into time so that we might know him. It turned me in my heart to think of the scriptures in Ephesians 2 verse 8 that we've been saved by grace and not this of our own, but by faith, which was a gift from God. Let we never forget. And this morning, the word we're going to hear this morning now is an important word that's going to spark faith into people. I want you to be very clear, right from the I want to be very clear from the outset. I want you to be attentive and listening. I know you always listen, but I want you to hear now, not just with your ears, but with your spiritual ears. Because God wants to quicken words of faith that he's already spoken to you in the past few weeks, in the past few years. God is going to bring back to your mind the good things that he has said. And this morning, just like when you have a sparkler on bonfire night, you know, you know and you're like, because you've got to hold them at arm's length, because we're, we're safe. And then suddenly, God wants to spark something in you this morning. But unlike sparklers, this spark is not going to go out. This spark is going to stay red hot and bright and burn in our lives. And you have an opportunity this morning to grab hold by faith of the word that God speaks and say, Lord Jesus, that's mine. You said it. I believe it. That settles it. That it's not a cliche or a bookmark or a fridge magnet. But you say, Lord Jesus, against everything I see and feel, Lord God, you've reminded me of a word that you spoke to me. And Lord Jesus, by faith. I claim it for myself. You have an opportunity this morning. We all have an opportunity this morning to reach out in faith. This scripture here in Romans 15 simply says this. In fact, let's put it up on the screen for you. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. That's the life that God wants us to live, full to overflowing. And we've seen in recent weeks that there's this very important hook to it. It's this, as you trust in him. That's the key. As you put your faith into what God has said about you and about a situation, about a word for this church, about the situation that you're going into, as you trust in him, he will fill you with all hope with all peace, with all joy, for what reason? That you might overflow. Our lives, the Christian life, is simply this, to be full and to overflow. Wherever we go, full of Christ, overflow with Christ. The famous Psalm, Psalm 23, talks about how the Lord Jesus himself lays a table for us in the presence of our enemies, because enemies are nothing to be afraid of. They're to feast with the Lord in front of And he says he lays before us a table and it has a cup on it. And it's not just any cup. It's a cup which is uh, all the time overflowing, overflowing. Could you imagine going to a restaurant and the waiter coming and filling your glass and continually filling your glass, overflowing, overflowing, overflowing. That's the cup of the Lord. That's the cup that he has for us. And that's a picture of our life. We are to be full and constantly overflowing. 
That's what he has for us. Jesus put it this way, I've came that you might have life in all its fullness. Life, great, but life in abundance. That's the life he has for us. And to trust God, to put your trust in him, it takes this. It takes faith. And we've been looking at faith, not for the sake of a Bible study, not for a sake of filling out a rotor of sermons, but because we are people who live by faith. The Bible says the righteous or the just, we live by faith. And I hope this is a word which is, once again, getting into you, becoming a part of you. We're called to live by faith. And we've seen that when God speaks a word, it's not just a suggestion, It's not just a a pleasant thing to say or the right thing to say at the right time, but it's not backed up by anything. It's not just God being polite, give them something, take their minds off things. No, when God speaks a word, it's now. When God speaks a word, it's faith. When God speaks a word, it's real. And just like if you own your home and you have a title deed that you can say, here is proof, documented evidence that this house belongs to me, that is what faith is. Faith is the substance, it's the title deed of what God has said, then it's yours. And you have to lay hold of it. We heard and we saw this morning some baptisms. What I loved about these was that you, first of all, people heard about something and they mixed it with faith and they said, I'm going to do it. You see, that's important as well. That's one of the ways we grow in faith. We have heard and we've learned and we've seen that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we've looked, don't worry, I've not brought my portable radio with me this morning. But just how God is always speaking, we, like a tuning in on a radio station, just have to be those who are mindful to say, I just need to cut out the static. I just need to fine tune and hear what God is saying. Because if God is speaking, then I want to be listening. And we've looked at some ways that we can help us tune in. We can turn to the word. We can spend time in prayer. We can speak in tongues. But we have to be a people who are diligently seeking after God that we might hear his speak. Because when God speaks, faith comes. And when faith comes, it's ours. So we're called to overflow. We're called to grow in faith. And faith comes by hearing. So... Here's the question. We move along a little bit today. What do we do with the word of faith that we hear? I'd like to look at that this morning. What do we do when God speaks? God spoke to us this morning. What do we do with that? What do we do with the word of faith? I want to put it to you very simply. We have to become a people that not only hear what God is saying, but speak what God is saying. And I'd like to look straight away, please, in Mark chapter 7, if you'll turn there. It's important that we're not only a hearing people, but we're also a speaking people. And this ability to both hear and speak comes from God. It's actually one of the things that was prophesied about the ministry of Jesus Christ. And you can look this up for yourself. You can read Isaiah chapter 32, Isaiah 35. Jesus Christ came to open mouths. He came to open ears. He came to do other things, but these two particular things were prophesied of Christ that he would come and do it. And we're going to take a look at an example now in Mark chapter 7. We're going to start in verse uh, 31 and just read down to verse 35. It says this, Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. 
There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. And after Jesus took the man aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. At this, verse 35, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak correctly. Let me read that again. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak correctly. How you hear affects how you speak. And Jesus came, and this was part of his ministry. Yes, in the natural, he opened deaf ears. He made the mute speak. He made the blind see. He did all of these things. But there's an extra dimension that carries into the realm of salvation and growing by faith. He has come, even this morning, to open up deaf ears. That we might hear the word of God. That our tongues might be loosened. And that we might speak correctly. How you hear affects how you speak. And if we're not hearing what God is saying, we can't say what God is saying. Nick took us to a scripture about trusting the Lord and all the things. Don't reject the wisdom, my son, that I give to you. And he read from Proverbs 3. How can you, uh, how can you put that into practice? First of all, you have to hear. And then you put it into practice by speaking it out. I know there are many people here who are facing situations who are waiting for a word of God that he spoke, which is hanging over their lives, and they're waiting for the fulfillment of that word. I want you to know, friends, if God has said it, it will happen. If God has proclaimed it, it's yours, and you can take it by faith. And just as you've heard the word of the Lord, you can speak to the word of the Lord, and you will see it come to pass. Why? Because God is a good God and everything he does is good. He's not a man that he should lie. He doesn't blow like the wind and change his mind. We have to agree what the, with the words that we hear God say. Jesus put it this way in Luke 6 45 that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. That is, whatever comes in here will come out. For good and for bad, by the way. You know that when the driver cuts you up in the lane and you just say, oh, glory to God, praise you, Jesus, bless that man. That's the overflow of the heart. That is, when you're pulling into Tesco's and you see the space, the last space, the only space, and someone gets in there just before you, you say, it's yours. Of course it is. It's the overflow of the heart. Whatever you let come into here will come out. That's why we have to be those who are filling ourselves with what we hear from God, that we might overflow with the things that God says. I'd like to see if I can show you this by uh, illustration. Bear with me on this, because I want to talk about my garden. Actually, I want to talk about my old garden. We used to live in a house in a village called Kilvenath, which is near Pontypridd. And uh, for for this to make sense, um, I need to describe the house. So we lived in a a terraced house, a, a valley's house, the side of a valley, and the valleys in, in, in the valleys uh, are so-called, because they're very steep, so steep, in fact, that if I wanted to go out of my kitchen into my garden, I had to go up a ridiculously steep uh, set of stairs. And so steep, in fact, that if I went upstairs to my bathroom, which was on the back of the house, and I opened the window, if I had a plank of wood that I could put out, I could walk onto my garden. 
That's sort of the level. So I would look out of my bathroom window on the first floor and see my garden. Now, when we moved in, it was mud, nothing but mud. And for those of you who know me, uh, I'm not a gardener. My wife is the gardener, but I am the laborer. And I'm not a very good one of those either. And we needed to get this grass ready. We uh, were uh, having a family. We wanted uh, just a small area um, that our children would be able to play on. And so we said, well, we're going to seed this thing. We're going to have a lawn. Yeah, here we are. Uh, It's a dangerous lawn to let children play on. I mean, if they fell off the edge of the garden, it was instant death. It was a 15-foot drop to death. So, um, and we got the soil ready. We did all the raking, all the preparing, all the leveling. And I had my bag of grass seed. And it said to, uh, how to do it? To scatter, to scatter. So I spent weeks practicing this. Unbelievable. But the thing that really amazed me was that it was so accurate. It said, and in 11 days, I will never forget, in 11 days you will have grass. Like, wow, 11 days. That's very precise. Gosh. And so uh, uh, there we did. We, we, we did the seed. Lots of this. And, uh, and I was ready. Ready. I was ready for the grass. So ready that I was a little bit eager. Day one, I would run into the bathroom and swing wide my bathroom window. Oh, no. Just seed. Okay. Just seed. Day two, I would run in. Surely there's something. Surely surely germination will have taken place. Little buds coming forth. Nothing. Day three, ah, nothing. Day four, anything? No. Day five, I'm getting upset now. This is really depressing me. Because a lot of the time, I would try my hand at uh, DIY projects, and they would come to nothing. I would simply try and hang a picture or a shelf, and they would fall down. So now the doubt begins to come in. I can't even sow grass, which is essentially a weed. I can't even plant a weed. Day six, nothing. Day seven, nothing. Day eight, I couldn't be bothered to look. Day nine, I didn't have a shower. Day 10, I didn't even wash. I climbed out the front window into my car. I just couldn't bear to face it. Day 11, bleary-eyed, into the bathroom. And, uh, of course, you have those bathroom windows, which have slightly kind of got patterns in so no one can see through. And I didn't have my glasses on, but I was just aware of something different. And scraping away the, the sleepy dust. And thinking, what is it? There seems to be a green hue outside my window. So I rushed back, got my glasses on. So nervous. Opened the bathroom window and behold. Grass. Zoe! Look what I've done! Look what I have done! I have made grass. The bag... The bag spoke truth. Eleven days, it is the eleventh day. Look what I have done. Eleven days, you'll have grass. Eleventh day, wow. (laughs) How did that happen? Eleven days, how accurate. I doubted myself. The bag said eleven days. Eleven days, grass. We sold that house we moved. (laughs) It was dangerous. (laughs) Um, we bought another house in Caerphilly, and uh, we needed to do some garden work. Uh, again, we had to, to, to level everything and make things right, do the, do the soil, and uh, put the grass out again. Got a friend to help me this time. I'm not stupid. He was much better than I was. But this time, my confession was completely different. The moment we laid seed, I began to give thanks to God for the lawn. All it was was seed. Day one, day two, day three, day four, seed. Thank you, Lord God, it's going to be grass. 
Thank you, Lord. It's going to be a wonderful lawn. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The kids are going to be able to play on it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. They're going to have a lot of fun. But all I could see was seed. But that's just the thing. The lawn was always there. It was in the seed. And the grass was in the seed, just like the oak tree is in the acorn, just like the miracle is in the word that God speaks. And you're not just perceiving the seed or the acorn or the word itself. You have to perceive and hear what God is saying and perceive the miracle that God is about to do and give thanks for what he's about to do. And not to be uh, distracted, not to be disappointed, not to be discouraged or disillusioned when all you think you look out on day 10 and you can still just see seed and no grass. But you have to know and let the word quicken in your heart that if God has spoken a word, you can speak in agreement with it because the miracle is in the word. The moment he says it, it's there. A few years later, I saw this in one of my favorite shops called B&M Bargains. Oh, yeah. Says this to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. That's faith. Because you're not just planting seed, you're not just putting things in readiness and believing that it's always going to stay as seed. You have hope in the fulfillment of what you're planting. And as believers, as Christians, we've got to know this when God is speaking, we can put our hope in the fulfillment of the word, of the seed that He speaks to you. And we can begin to engage with the words that God speaks that we hear and we can confess them and we can see them come into being. So when discouragement comes, we say, Right, I'm not I'm not blind to what's going on, but Lord, you've said this. And I'm going to speak that word again. Right now, even as I say that, some of you are quickened by faith because you know there's a word that God spoke to you and you just haven't seen it yet, but you've been discouraged because you think you've done something wrong and all you can see is seed. God wants you to know he's watching over that word and just like the grass is in the seed, his miracle is in the word for you. But you've got to bring that word back onto your lips. As you've heard it, you've got to speak it out. You've got to agree with what God has said. It's so important. It will come up. The grass will come up. The grass will come up. The miracle will come. God's word will be fulfilled. Let me turn you to another scripture. And I want to show you something about how we can do this. From an example from a wonderful lady of faith. The grass is in the seed. The miracle is in the word. Luke chapter 1 verse 26 in the six months, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be? How will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit, Mary, will come upon you 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month and with her who was called barren. For nothing is impossible for God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Keep that passage open. We're going to come back to that in a little while. But I just want to just dive in, if I can, at two verses. The first one is this. There is nothing that is impossible for God. How can this be? Nothing is impossible for God. I don't understand how it's going to happen. Nothing is impossible for God. This doesn't make any sense. This contradicts everything I've ever heard. For nothing is impossible for God. Let that settle. Nothing is impossible for God. There is nothing he can't do. Did not the Lord sing that over us at the start of the year? Mary receives a word, a prophetic word. This is going to happen. She hears it. And she's told when she questions how is it going to happen, nothing is impossible for God. This is one of these uh, verses that loses something when we translate it into English. You see, the word nothing in the English means nothing, doesn't it? There's no sort of hidden meaning. In the Greek language in which it was written, actually, it carries a far greater significance. Uh, the, the word thing in nothing in the Greek language is the Greek word rhema, which we can translate as this, as the freshly spoken word of God. Okay? The word impossible, we understand what that means in English. If we look back into the, the roots of that word, into the the Greek text, the word impossible means, uh, has a, con- uh, a connotation of ability. And really, if we break this scripture down in the Greek, if we were to understand the fullness, we would read something like this. For there is no freshly w- spoken word from God that comes to you without its own ability to perform it. No freshly spoken word of God comes to you without its own ability to perform itself. That's what that, word is, that, that verse is saying, which is why some translations put it this way. No word from God can ever fail. Let that settle. No word from God can ever fail. And I'm aware even the Lord Jesus, for that word to be, then uh, you've got to move in this, you've got to move in this, you've got to do this, you've got to make a way here, you've got to provide here. No word from God can ever fail. Do we not think he's thought of those things? He's got it all in control. There's nothing impossible for God. Mary, listen to me. Angel, how's this going to happen? Mary, listen to me. No freshly spoken word that you've just heard will come to you without its own ability to perform itself. The word has the ability to perform itself. Why? Because it's spoken by God, who is a creator. The moment the seed went into the ground, the grass was destined to come up. The moment God spoke a word, he said there's nothing impossible for it to happen. Look at Mary's reaction. No freshly spoken word of God will come to you without its own ability to perform itself, Mary. And Mary's reaction is this. Well, then, according to your word, be it unto me. No word of God can ever fail. Then, according to your word, be it 
unto me. Let it be, Lord, according to your word. Isn't that amazing? Mary's reaction, how she takes the word that she hears. She still doesn't understand everything, but she takes God at her word. He's spoken this. I've heard it. I'm going to speak it back to you. If that's what you're saying the word is, then be it unto me according to your word. We've got to be a people who are hearing and speaking back to him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11 puts puts it this way about the word of God. I'm going to put it on the screen just for the sake of time here. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which it was sent. That's what God does. The word of God yields. The word of God doesn't return to him empty. The word of God accomplishes what he desires. The word of God achieves the purpose for which it was sent. No word from God can ever fail. Then Lord Jesus even though with my natural eyes and my natural understanding, I don't understand it, but according to your word, and because you've spoken it, and you've never let me down before, and you've never lied to me, and you've never changed your mind, and you've never gone back on a promise, you've never rubbished your word, your name has never been tarnished because of all these things, according to your word, be it unto me. And you take a stand in the face of the circumstance that would seem to try and laugh and get up in your face. You say, you don't need to be in my face anymore because God has said it. I believe it. I proclaim it. That settles it. The words that God has spoken to you, the words that you're hearing, I want to encourage you. Church, let them be on your lips. And if all you've got is this, according to your word, be it unto me. If that's your faith, if that's you hanging on by your fingernails, then I commend you for hanging on. Now speak the word and find that measure of faith which God has given you. Grow and grow and grow and grow. Because God wants us to be those who speak in agreement. No word from God can ever fail. Then according to your word, Lord, be it unto me. Be it unto me, Lord, according to to your word. We're going to have a time as we come to a close in a little while where I'm going to invite you to stand on the word that God's given you and just to spend some time saying, Lord God, according to your word, be it unto me, to take it back upon your lips. You may be here this morning thinking, uh, uh, you know, I'm, everything's okay at the moment. And that's okay. These, you know, no one gets to, uh, to miss out. It's the wonderful thing. These aren't words for individuals. We're a family. We're a body. We're a church. No part of the body can say to another, I don't need you. And you may be here thinking, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm doing okay. But I'm aware of my brother or my sister who's facing A, B, or C, and I'd like to stand with them. Well, let's just turn back to that passage in Luke 1 and just see how we can do that as well. So if we go back to Luke 1 and pick it up in verse 39. It says, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Do you remember the, the angel had already told her, even your relative in old age, Elizabeth, has, is pregnant, yeah? This is Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in her womb leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed Mary are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Verse 45, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You may be here thinking, you know, I'm doing okay, but I'm aware of these situations. You know, you can come to that people and you can stand with them today and you can say, I want to stand with you for the word that God has spoken to you and blessed are you who believe. You can add your faith. Imagine what that must have done to Mary. She's a young lady. She received a word that seems to go in the face of all social etiquette, all uh, social taboo. She ran the risk of being a disgrace to her family, to her village, to the man she was betrothed in marriage to. But she had said, because she'd heard a word of faith, be it unto me according to your word. Imagine, she must have felt so alone at times. So misunderstood by so many, and yet someone came to her with a word of faith that encouraged her and said, wow, blessed are you, because you believed that the word of God spoken to you would be fulfilled. You know, you can bring an encouraging word to your brother and sister in Christ who are facing something and say, not only am I going to stand with you, but I'm going to speak the word that's over you as well. Blessed are you who believe. I love that Elizabeth She's got her own thing going on. She's an elderly lady and she's six months pregnant. But she's not so consumed with the word that was to her, with what's going on. She still saw the needs of others. She still saw the needs of her family to say, I understand what you're going through. I'm slightly ahead of you, but we're on the same journey. But blessed are you who believed that the word spoken to you would be fulfilled For Mary, this must have done such wonderful things in her mind just to know, I'm not alone. I'm not facing this by myself. There's someone who understands. There's someone who can hear me. There's someone I can talk to. But more importantly, there's someone who I know is standing for me. There's someone who's holding me up. There's someone who, when I'm feeling down, is lifting me up in prayer. In Exodus 17, as Moses is holding his arms out over the battle, and as his arms were lifted up, the Israelites are winning the battle, but his arms begin to get heavy. His arms begin to get tired. And as his arms come down, the Israelites begin to lose the battle. So what happens? Two faithful men, they come and they lift up his arms. Why? Because the battle was to be won. The word was to be fulfilled. And we can play a part in each each other's lives holding one another up, holding up the word that's spoken over other people as well. And all the things that God is speaking to me, I can't get so consumed with them that I forget about what God is saying to you. We're a family. And that's just not how family works. The Bible says when one part of the body rejoices, we all rejoice. But it also says when one part suffers, we all suffer. That is, we're all uh, connected. We're all in this together. And you may be facing something here today, and you may be thinking, I, not only am I facing this, but I feel like I'm facing it alone. God wants you to know you're not alone. And today, as you stand, there'll be people who will come alongside you, and they'll stand with you. You don't have to tell them anything you don't want to tell them. All you need to know is that you're not alone. And blessed are you. Blessed is the one who believes. God doesn't speak a word without having the intention to, to fulfill it. The grass is in the seed. 
The oak tree is in the acorn. The miracle is in the word. No freshly spoken word from God will come to you without its own ability to perform itself. No word of God can ever fail. Our response on hearing the word, be it unto me, O Lord, according to your word. Pressure, 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 pressure. Be it unto me according to your word. Remember what Roger showed us in the word? We lift up the shield of faith that extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy. And we hold it up because faith is not only a gift. Faith is a weapon and we have to wield it. We have to lift it high and say, no, be it unto me according to your word. God speaks his words with every intention to perform them. And no word from God can ever fail. That's why it says in Jeremiah chapter 1, it simply says this. The Lord says, you know, I'm watching over my word. To what end? To perform it. To perform it. And there's a key for us in the word perform. You see, everything that we're involved in is to bring glory to him. We're not in the sake of performance for performance sake. But when God does things in your lives the world is going to see. The world is going to behold something. That's why our testimonies are valid. That's why we can even hear, Daniel Doddridge comes out here, 10 or 11 years old, stands here and says, this happened. And I I was on an eight mile hike and I, I hurt my leg and I prayed and God helped me and I made it back to camp. You know, the word of God to some of you here today is simply this, God's gonna help you get back to camp. Bible says this, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. The difference is we often think about the, oh that sounds so safe and such a refuge. No, the strong tower in the days of Israel was simply this, it was a place of refuge yes, but it was also a place where you would come back of refreshing, of re-equipping and then getting back out there. God's going to help you make it back to camp. Today, this morning is a morning of helping you see that God is going to get you back to camp and you don't have to walk back by yourself. You've got brothers and sisters and the word of the eternal God with you. But let the words of faith that God has spoken over you, let them find a home in your heart. But don't just keep them there. Begin to speak them. Begin to speak them out. Be it unto me according to your word. If you know of other people who are going through things, get alongside them. Put an arm around them. Get in touch with them. If they're not here today, give them a phone call. Go and see them. Just let you know, I know what you're going through. And I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm standing with you. The word that God has spoken over you, he will bring it to pass. No word from God will ever fail. And blessed now are you who believed. We can stand with one another. And in fact, we're going to do that right now. Is that okay? Just stand to your feet, church. This is between you and the Lord now. And if the Lord has spoken a word over your life, about anything at all, anything at all, if it's about job, if it's about studies, if it's about family, if it's about health, if it's about jobs, if it's about children, if it's about anything at all, If God has spoken a word to you, just bring it back to your mind now and hold it before the Lord. And I simply want you to say this to the Lord and do this however you like, but I encourage you to do it out loud. Simply say this, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And just begin to fix your eyes on him now. Don't worry about anyone else around you. This is between you and the Lord who spoke a word to you. What has he said to you? Hold it back up to him. Hold it back up to the God 
for whom nothing is impossible. Hold it back up to the one who speaks a word and his word cannot fail. Hold it back up to the one who's faithful and true and good and upright and say, Lord, you've said it. I believe it, Lord. I speak it back to you, Lord Jesus. And that settles it. Now be it unto me according to your word. Lord Jesus, it seems like it's been put off. It seems like it's been held back. But I know, Lord Jesus, you are watching over your word to perform it. Lord Jesus, I agree with what you've said. Now be it unto me according to your word. Hold it back up to him. Agree with what God has said about you. Agree with the word over your life which he has spoken. Now very specifically... There are people here with words over them that are, if I say this, they are time sensitive. I.e., that's something you're looking for, uh, uh, the fulfillment of a, a word very soon. This is not sort of, God's told me that one day I will travel to nations. That's for one day, and God bless that word. He'll fulfill it if he's spoken to you. But others, there are words which you think, Lord God, I need a breakthrough. Lord Jesus, you've spoken your word, and I believe it. But Lord God, it, it feels it's time, there's a, there's a pressure that's coming. And Lord Jesus... If that's you, you don't need to tell us what it is, but can I ask you to, to raise your hand? Because this is where the body is going to work together. There's a hand over here. There's a hand at the back. There's hands over here. Just have a look around. Please put your hand up high. I'm not going to embarrass anyone by asking you to share what it is. You can just put your hand up high. Church, these are our brothers and our sisters who've had a word from God and they need a breakthrough. Now, just as Elizabeth was able to go and quicken the faith of Mary by standing with her and calling her blessed and saying, how blessed is the one who believes, I want to encourage you, would you go and find a hand and stand with them and begin to pray for them, not praying for asking God for what he might do, but agree with the word that God has said. Agree with what the Lord has said he will do. Let's make sure everyone who has a hand up has got somebody with them.